you should be able to talk about being vulnerable and still be strong. Doing all these challenges and still being able to talk about it, being vulnerable, I think is like a good middle ground. That's Tyler Nahila. He's a lot of things, a business operator and extreme fitness challenge enthusiast who loves to push his limits. But recently he's found what could be his most important role. Diagnosed with ADHD and bipolar disorder in his teens, Tyler struggled for years to find his way. Now, with the launch of his clothing company, Self-Conquered Apparel, Tyler's starting a new conversation about mental health. Being a hero, I think that's very important. And being your own hero, I think is very important. If you start to take action, even if it's like messy action, like really, really sloppy, terrible work, like it's fine. You're still like taking action and eventually it'll get better and better and better. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and on this episode, we're amplifying the dialogue on mental health with Tyler's story about how marathons and other physical challenges have helped him take control of mental illness and how he's helping others do the same. Welcome to The Breakout, a show about smashing through life's little boxes and forging your own path. I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. And I'm Kelly Gunther. Carrie and I are people and change experts and best friends. We've spent more than 25 years helping organizations navigate change and get the best out of their people. Come on, we know change is hard, but staying the same can even be harder. On The Breakout, we prove that you can escape expectations and best of all, we show you how. Welcome, Tyler. We're really happy to have you here. What did you break away from and kind of how are you helping others break away from these certain expectations that are out there? The stigma that anybody with any mental health issue that they won't succeed or they'll have like a subpar life or they can't do stuff that other people do because they're bipolar or they're because they're ADHD or because they're all this. I'm trying to like say fuck that and do what I think could help them, um, whether it's like working out or doing challenges or stuff like that, starting a business and try to get people to like get on the bandwagon. So it'd be like eventually like a tribe of people to show that you can do things that people say you can't. I love that. And thank you for saying fuck that. It's probably the first sentence of our book is fuck the expectations, Tyler. And there's so much stigma around mental illness, especially with men. And I think you've you've talked about that too. Even as a young person, you've had some pretty big challenges in your life. So tell me what your life was like in your teens and your early 20s. So starting like seventh, eighth grade, I was very distracted in school. Let's just say that like, I wouldn't call myself the class clown, but I was very hyper and like distracting the teacher and and wouldn't concentrate. And the way they were teaching or the way they're still teaching didn't connect with me. And so like, because I couldn't get it, I was always, my head was always somewhere else. And I was always like bouncing off the walls and doing stuff that was annoying to other people. (laughs) (laughs) I never really felt that I, like I fit in. That went all the way, I guess, to like high school. I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. I was wrestling in freshman year, stopped wrestling in sophomore year, and I was I was hanging out the wrong, wrong crowd and I made the impulsive decision to like start selling my medication that mm. I was taking. Yeah. Um it was selling it in school, but some teacher caught me and I got sent to the principal's office and there was like a a, a police officer there and 
that kind of like changed my life. And like, and that asked, like looking at it now, like it could have changed my life for, uh, like negatively, like for the rest of my life. If I yeah. was to choose a certain path, like that's how kids ruin their lives. Yep. So I had to like go to court. I got suspended. I had to have my license taken away for a year. And then I was always looked at by like the principal and my friend's parents as like the troublemaker kid, even though I was like, I thought I was like an angel, but I guess not. (laughs) Yeah, I was always rebellious, but I was always like a good kid. And then towards the end of high school, I stopped taking the medication that I was taking for bipolar and I just got like really like closed off and still distracted in school, still kind of like hanging on. Always thought that I would never go to college. I felt like I was in darkness. Like I just didn't want to talk to anybody walking around with headphones on, like that kind of thing. I guess I was depressed. You could say that. But that was kind of like high school for me. Like it wasn't the best of times, but it wasn't like, it wasn't terrible. I I think it was definitely different than most people, but uh, I think it definitely made me who I am. Yeah. You alluded to the bipolar and, and ADHD. When did that those diagnoses and medications start? I was diagnosed with a mood disorder when I was four. Like I was getting kicked out of preschools, fighting kids and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was diagnosed with something. I don't know if it was bipolar because I think bipolar, you have to be, or I think around 13 or 14 before you can be actually diagnosed with that. I don't know the rule. So I was diagnosed very young. And I think I started taking medication for that very young, like bouncing off different medications, okay. which is very unhealthy. I think it was bipolar medication that I was selling when I was in high school. Okay. Yeah, that's really hard to get that medication right. And it looks different for so many people. So when did things start to turn around for you? Because you're talking about this depression. You're talking about like, I don't know if it's going to work out kind of the way I thought. When did it start to turn around for you? I think it was like a culmination of things. Kind of like how when people see somebody reach success. It wasn't just that one moment. It was like, Mm -hmm. they've been working at it for years and years and years and things like that. I got arrested twice after that one high school thing. So I got like in trouble a lot. And then I think maybe the main reason why I started changing myself is like, I got really, really, really depressed and I guess suicidal. And I started like watching motivational videos and and stuff like that. And then getting into books about changing your mindset. And, and so it was just a buildup of like, I guess you could say wins because I was learning how to think differently. Yeah. And so I just kept trying to chase that improvement and uh, kind of brought me to where I am now. Yeah. That's so impressive, Tyler, that even in this darkness, you were still looking for something to motivate you, right? You didn't quite give into it. You're like, no, there was still this, this hope that you had. Where do you think that hope came from? I don't really know. It could be, I didn't want to be a statistic or I didn't want to be like everybody else. I saw people that had mental illnesses and I was like, that's not me. Like, I'm not going to end up like that. I've always been very driven and maybe my dad instilled that in me. I don't know why I I think differently. I just kind of comes. One of my first loves with Tyler is how the the poor kid was just trying to survive school. 
in the school system. The school system does not appreciate rebels. The school system is just like a corporation. They're mainly a machine that wants a certain way of life and a certain person and a certain little robot that's in there. And so you step out of that box and you're labeled. And so the fact that he's been struggling and got kicked out of preschool, (laughs) I mean, my goodness. Uh, And so the fact that he is now turning that rebellion into a way to say, hey, you can do different things and, and let's talk about mental health. I was really happy with that. And then also really ecstatic with his use of swear words, which I love. Yeah, I felt for him being a struggling student. I struggled in school for other reasons not having to do with mental health, but when you struggle, kids are not kind. Teachers can sometimes not be kind. The system, as you mentioned, Carrie, cannot be kind. And all of those things, if you are in any way different or not fit this mold, it can be very, very challenging. And so I could feel for him for sure. I think that rebellion streak served him so well and his not wanting to be another statistic. And so sometimes not wanting to be something is incredibly motivating. And I think he took that as such fuel to his fire that I'm not going to be statistic. Even as female sometimes, I think I'm not going to be that female who does this because I don't want to I don't want to support a narrative or support a stereotype, and it does fuel me. Tyler immersed himself in studying motivation and mindset. He focused on exercise, and about four years ago, he began a meditation practice to help calm his mind. So tell us about how meditation and exercise have helped you change your life and your mindset. Like for me, it's normal for meditating. Say like I'm driving and somebody will cut me off. I think most people's reaction is to like start cursing at that person, get really mad. Maybe if they're like a psycho, they'll like try to ram into the other car. Like I'm just like, I'm not going to let this shit ruin my day. I think like meditating has a lot to do with that. Just like being in control of my mind. And uh, it's really weird that most people don't think like that. Everybody wants to get mad at like some minor inconvenience in their life. I think meditating is mostly to blame for just stuff like that, like being in, in control of yourself. And it especially helps with ADHD and any type of mental ailment, meditating, breath work, stuff like that is, it's the reason why I think I've succeeded in what I do. Do you have a favorite meditation? I know there's a lot and I'm not great with the names, but I, I honestly just put on like a video that is probably around like either 10, 15 or 20 minutes of like calming music and then just sit down. I have this mala necklace and I count the bees and then I just have like a mantra where I say something uh, over and over and over again for that period of time. I forget what that's called, but that's just what I do. You work out and I read in in your history, Tyler, and this like, I don't, you got to explain some of this. You do polar plunges. Mm -hmm. You start the day with some ice cold showers. Mm -hmm. You do what I've never heard of a Spartan race where you carry a 10 pound rock as you're running. Uh, I can barely carry like a jug of water and I'm annoyed on a hike. Tell us a little bit about why you chose to do this and how does it help you? The reason behind that is I read this book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, who is a Navy SEAL. He's probably the toughest guy in the world. And uh, he's very popular right now in like the mental health and I think self-improvement industry. And uh, 
he basically talks about doing really, really hard stuff will make your life easier because you do the hard things and it makes you tougher and then you could withstand the things in life. I guess that's pretty much the book in a sentence. But a challenge that I did was the Spartan race and I picked the Spartan Beast, which is like the second tier or the third tier hardest competition they have. I guess they have like different obstacles and different lengths. And I was like, I've never done one of these before. Let's pick the hardest one because I think I'm a tough guy. And yeah. uh, <laughs> so I did that. And I didn't realize that it was on Mount Killington, which is like their first trail that they did when they did the first Spartan race. And it's the hardest trail that they have. I didn't know that. Oh, nice. Like 30 minutes in, I was like dying already. And I saw this like big rock. And my dad likes to collect rocks from different like parts of the world and the country and shit. And so... I was like, I'm going to get this for my dad. And I put it in my backpack. Yeah. And I, uh, I went the rest of the, the race, which was like seven more hours. Yeah. It made it so much worse. But then (laughs) the week after that, I, I climbed one of the Camelback mountains with, uh, some of my friends carrying like 40 pounds of weight. Um, that was fun. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm about. Like I love challenges and stuff because i feel like there's no cure for bipolar except like strengthening your mind right um so i think that's where i get it from yeah that's so impressive and that how you're going to manage it and there's something so beautiful about when you go through these hard things regardless of what they are then you have this kind of peace to you you're like i i did that if I can get through that, I can get through this i often say that too tyler would oh i got through that I can do this next thing. That's okay. We've been through this. So there is something so beautiful and it makes you humble yeah. by knowing that you've done that. So with this, all this hard stuff, so you forced your, listen to me, you forced your family to do polar plunges. I think if people don't know what that is, maybe explain what a polar plunge is and maybe it wasn't forced. I would be forced to do it. Uh-oh. But yeah, <laughs> It's basically just jumping into freezing cold water you could jump in and out. You could stay in the water uh, doing it for like a minute, 10 minutes. Like it's very, uh, it's very good for your body. Afterwards you feel high cause it's like a shock to your system. So yeah, me and my dad, my two brothers, I kind of made them do it for Christmas and we, we jumped in, uh, the ocean right by me jumped in and out and, and felt really good. And now we're going to make it like a, a thing every year. That's amazing. They do it in, I'm from Chicago. They do it at the Lake Michigan. So they, they'll jump into Lake Michigan. And I have done it, Tyler, at a spa where they put you in a cold water right. and then a sauna. And it was fine. I mean, I don't know if I jump in Lake Michigan, but I did it at a spa. So that was yeah, good. Yeah, good. It's good for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's nice. So Kelly, are you going to jump into the polar plunge? Now that we're in Southern California, are you going to, I don't know what the equivalent, like California would be, I think our polar plunge is, it's 50 degrees and that's a polar plunge for us. That's horrifying in Southern California now. I think the most of a polar plunge I'll do is is do a cold rinse on my hair <laughs> before I exit the shower. Uh, it's the most I'll do. Baby steps, baby steps, Kelly. <laughs> but bad props to you for doing it. Anyone who does a polar plunge, I am like adversely affected by the cold. So just thinking about it actually makes me shiver. But amazing that you are drawing such attention to a, a worthy cause and, and wanting to change people's lives for the better because I can't think of anything actually more profound than wanting to help people through something as um, acute as mental health. Is there any challenge that you want to do that you haven't done yet? 
maybe a 50 pound boulder in your backpack. I don't know. Is there anything that you want to do that you haven't done? Yeah. So I did this thing called the four by four by 48 and didn't complete it, um, which is David Goggins challenge. It's uh, four miles every four hours for 48 hours. So it's like eight o'clock, you start, you run four miles and then whatever it takes you, you either go to bed or you stay up till 12 and you do it again, four miles. And then you keep going until like 48 hours. So I did it last year and I sprained my ankle at like the halfway point And I was like, I can't finish. I went to the doctor and he tried to give me pain pills. I was like, no. Then I tried to do it this year. And I, uh, I guess I was like depressed or something. And I did the first shot and then I went to bed and woke up and was like, I'm not doing this. So then two weeks later, which was like two weeks ago, I tried it again, got halfway and then got to the point where I, I couldn't run anymore. Like I, I couldn't run. And I uh, was like, maybe I'll walk it and like timed myself. And it would have been like two and a half hours instead of like 30 minutes to do four miles. So in my eyes, I kind of, I quit, but if I did it, it I would have gotten no sleep. And that's like really bad for bipolar. And since I put it online, my career coach is like, you have to do it again. You're people that follow you saw that you posted it and said you're going to do it and if you don't do it your credibility is gone so now i have to try it again which is fine like i'm gonna get it done so that's one thing and then this thing called the death race which is like the hardest spartan race there is wow i mean so i someone who's always up for a challenge i mean that you should be the poster child for that i mean oh my god uh anything with the word death in it i am absolutely like okay wow (laughs) well bring it that's amazing um, congratulations to you for continuing to push yourself and to, to not let anyone or anything allow you to back down from a challenge. So tell me a little bit about your company, Self-Conquered Apparel. Tell us a little bit about it. What do you want to achieve with it? How did you come up with the company? So I've always really loved apparel. I don't really give a shit about like celebrities, like actors and actresses. I love warriors. So there's like a lot of veterans I follow on Instagram who are, I guess, celebrities in their own right, like um, MARSOC guys, Navy SEAL guys, like special forces dudes or, or guys who like have the Medal of Honor and stuff like that. Like those are my people that I want to like emulate, not celebrities. And so a lot of them have apparel brands. I have a lot of their shirts and I've always loved that. It's like a way to express yourself. I'm very creative. Uh, I have a bunch of tattoos. So like expressing myself, I think that's very important. And I know there's a lot of fitness companies. There's a lot of people that try to like just put motivational stuff on shirts and it's just like, that's boring. So I'm trying to like attach the mental health aspect to the gym aspect and try to like spread awareness, make it like a tribe of people and basically just be an outlet for people to learn about what's going on with them, what to do to fix it, what not to do. Tyler noticed that among women, there's much more openness about mental health struggles. Unfortunately, it's something men don't share as often. With men, and we got to be tough and we, we, we got to be strong and we can't like talk about it. So I think, I think there's like a middle ground. Like you don't have to be losing your shit, sobbing uncontrollably, but like you should be able to talk about being vulnerable and still be strong. Doing all these challenges and still being able to talk about it, being vulnerable, I think is like a good uh, middle ground. So that's kind of where it came from. You're definitely tapping into an audience and finding a way to reach an audience that may not necessarily feel comfortable talking about a topic such as mental health. So tell us a little bit about some of the inspirational slogans what are some of the slogans that you have? 
So I'm very big into like heroics and superheroes. I don't really read comics that much, but like I love heroes when it comes to like military movies or like superhero movies or just like doing stuff that nobody else was would do, like cops running into a burning building or shit like that. So being like a hero, I think that's very important. And being your own hero, I think is very important. So I love all that stuff. I don't really see any shirts doing this kind of thing. My logo kind of looks like the Superman logo, like the shape. So what I want to do is put it on like the chest area center where the Superman logo is. And on the back, it would be like, be your own hero. Another one of my shirts is fear the underdog. And I've always felt like I was the underdog and a lot of people would meet me and I'd be going through a depression or I'd be doing something that would make them think that I'd be like low on the totem pole of whatever their views are. And then I tell them like, oh, I just ran a marathon. I just did this. I just did that. So I've always felt like the underdog. And I think a lot of people in my situation do too. So that's another one. One that I really like is I find that people with mental illnesses like to make excuses. And I could say this because I have a mental illnesses. So anybody that thinks I'm hurting their feelings, they can deal with it. <laughs> mental illness is not an excuse for failure. It's fuel for success. So it's like, it, it, mm. it fueled me. Why can't it fuel you? Good for you. Really flipping the script on what mental health can look like. I appreciate all the challenges that he's put himself through too, as a way to really push himself and see what else is possible. The way he's looking to find outlets to communicate, I think is really important and it's allowing for there to be a larger audience that he can speak to. So especially for a population of people, particularly men who may not necessarily feel comfortable expressing themselves around mental illness. So. Yeah, there are some men who talk about mental illness, but they might not be the Navy SEALs and the the warriors and the police and fire men. And so to have him, what he does, and then talk about mental illness, in a way, he's a little bit of a Trojan horse. So I, I love that. For someone who is finding themselves maybe in a similar situation as you, maybe they're in high school or just struggling with mental health in general, maybe they don't know what that next step should be. What would you recommend somebody do? First off, if you have any mental illness, it doesn't matter which one, but I would stop drinking. If you're in high school, stop drinking immediately. I didn't make that uh, decision until I was like mid twenties. And by that time, the alcohol kind of had a control uh, in my life. So that's a big one. Along those lines, I would write down everything in life that's not serving you, whether it's like drugs, drinking, uh, toxic friends, family. And then I would say start working out. That's a huge one. Nobody really wants to work out, but like, oh, well, it's one of the, the biggest things that could impact your life. I started working out when I was in fifth grade, so it's easier for me. But I could tell you that if you start now in high school, it'll be, it'll be worth it down the line. And if you want to throw in meditating and, and doing all the ice challenges and, and stuff like that, that's big too. And uh, if you can talk to somebody who has been through it, like me, um, somebody who you can physically talk to and uh, also maybe talk to a therapist. Such great advice. I feel like you have a couple of t-shirts that you should include right now. Deal with it and oh well, 
um, because some of that is just like right between the eyes um, (laughs) advice right there. I appreciate you so much for having shared your story. You have really taken your experience and really done something with it. You've really allowed yourself to embrace it, understand it, and use that as fuel to help others appreciate and understand that there is another way, that there is another direction that you can take to lead the best version of your life. So our final question to you, Tyler, you have one minute with someone who is stuck, whether it be inside the labels of mental illness, learning disability, um, maybe they're struggling, they want to get into a fitness regime and they want to break out. What do you want to tell them? Take action. A lot of the times when I am struggling with something, I like overthink everything and I don't know what to do. And my mind goes like a million miles an hour. But if you start to take action, even if it's like messy action, like really, really sloppy, terrible work, like it's fine. You're still like taking action and eventually it'll get better and better and better. When I started this company, like the website was a mess, like everything was a mess and then it just gets better and better and things get easier and easier. So I would say take action. Whatever you're trying to do, just take action. Don't think about it. Kind of just jump and do it and it, it'll work itself out. Tyler, thank you so much for being with us, being a guest. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Tyler. And I so appreciate take action and take messy action. That's my quote. Like, just do something. If it's messy, take a messy action. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That's Tyler Nahila, mental health warrior, and this is The Breakout. If this episode inspired you or made you think, give us a five-star rating and spread the word. It helps us reach more people who might just need these stories. And don't forget to subscribe to The Breakout so you never miss a new episode. And make sure you're following us on Instagram at The Breakout Pod. I'm Kelly Gunther. And I'm Dr. Carrie Ulrich. See you next time. Thank you.